0: What is going on, podcast listeners? Neil here for another episode of the Freedom Formula. I got my buddy Cole Simpson on. What's going on, Cole? How much, man? Excited to be here this morning. Dude, I, I Cole, I, I've already thanked you before, but I, so I'm in India right now and you are in America and you've luckily hopped on an early morning call with me, even though you are not a morning person. So that means the world to me because I'm not a morning person. I know how hard it is. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Happy to be here. Cool. Um, Cole, before we dive into it, man, can you tell everyone a little bit about your background, like what you're doing now at least, and we'll dive into your actual story from there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, right now I own a, a roofing company, um, and that's what I primarily do. You know, I, I do some real estate on the side, and um, I have an interest in a kids sports company as well. But roofing mm. is like my my eighty percent. Um, and yeah, man. I mean, the way I kind of got into that, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, interesting path. But when I was 19, uh, or in 2019, sorry, I wasn't 19. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, I was moving to help start a church. And my whole life, everybody was like, oh, you're so entrepreneurial, you're so entrepreneurial. And mm-hmm. I kind of was like, yeah, man, when I have the next Facebook, I'll be I'll be sure to start it. Because for me, that's what an entrepreneur was, right? It was Steve Jobs, or know, right, Jeff I was like, I just didn't have the category of normal entrepreneurship. And so, um, a friend of mine owned like five or six snow cone stands and it was a franchise and I hmm. was like, okay, he's not the most brilliant guy in the world. Like he's a smart guy, but I feel like we are similar enough. Like if he can do it, I can do it. And so when I moved, I, I bought one of these snow cone stands and it went terribly. I mean, I, I really wait the same franchise you bought into. Uh, it was uh, I. I don't want to. It wasn't the franchise's fault, so I don't want to be negative um, to them. But it was mostly me. Like I thought I knew more than I did, so I mm-hmm. overpaid. I, I paid two times too much. It just didn't really like. It didn't have a path to what I was trying to do. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to reach this large scale. It's more of an owner operator model, but. Yep even with all those mistakes, I just learned a ton. And so I learned about entrepreneurship, I learned about operating um, in a roundabout way that got me into real estate. So I did real estate sales for about a year um, and had some success there. And then I started flipping deals, raising capital for deals. And so that's kind of how I got into entrepreneurship. And then in 22, um, my wife and I decided we were gonna move back to Columbia, Uh, just some things weren't working out. And Mm -hmm. so a friend of mine who owns a pretty large commercial home services company was like, hey, man, you should look at entrepreneurship through acquisition. You should consider buying an existing business. And I was like, sounds great. And I looked for about six months. I was pretty geographically constrained. You know, I was going to be in Columbia. Yeah, I was going to be in Columbia. And so I just, nothing came up, nothing that made sense or that checked my boxes. I I wanted to be in home services because of an adjacent experience. and I went back to that friend and was like, hey, how long does this normally take? He's like, ah, probably about two years.
0: I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like dude, oh, I don't have two years to burn here.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, so, uh, anyways, so I was like, all right. And so I went, another friend of ours ran a franchise, uh, and it was two men in the truck. And he was mm-hmm. doing somewhere around $40 million a year in revenue. Jeez.
0: Right. And That's so- a moving company.
1: Yeah, yeah, they exactly. It's a moving company. So it just gave me this category that these franchises could become really large businesses. And mm-hmm. because me, I didn't, I didn't really, like I knew in restaurants you could do it, but I didn't know if you could do it with these territory-based concepts. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. Until then I started looking at franchising. I'd already decided I wanted home services. Mighty Dog Roofing was available where I was at. It was like in its third year, I felt like it was in this sweet spot of it had had some success, but it was still emerging. Um, It's predominantly a sales and marketing model, and I'd already sales and had success in that. And then it's really managing subs, at least in the beginning. You know, we're starting to bring labor in-house, but and it's like and I had already managed subs because of flips. And so I felt like it was this this really good mix of, oh. I haven't done all this before, uh, you know, it'll push me to grow, but I I have a Jason experience and I'll be able to kind of put it together. So, yeah, that was, that's kind of what led me to to my job.
0: And now you're about 6 months into that business, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, so we're in month 5.
1: But yeah, month basically. 5.
0: And how much in revenue per month are you at? I'm not sure. Like a lot of these are one-off jobs, it's hard to tell. So maybe in aggregate how much revenue have you guys done?
1: Yeah, no, I mean I think I could do it by month. Uh February we did or, our first month we did about five hundred. Our second month we did about three hundred. Our third month we did about two hundred. Um in January I think we're in that three to four hundred range. And now we're this month we've done about uh three hundred so far.
0: And to clarify, three hundred thousand per yes. month. Yep, sorry. Dude, these are insane numbers. Like yeah. how much is that what's the average ticket? For us it's about eighteen thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, dude, I mean, a lot to unpack here. So, first of all, this is incredible. So, um, one thing I wanted to comment on quickly is, uh, people growing up always told me like, "Oh, I, I should get an entrepreneurship because my parents are kind of in business. I liked it too." Then you kind of realize like how smart you are has almost like no factor. In business success, like it, it's it's so weird. Like you can have a straight age and like that's going to mean absolutely nothing when it comes to business. So it's almost like I had an overinflated ego because I'm like, oh dude, like I'm smart, I got this, and I've like overestimated how much that actually matters. That matters almost nothing in business. I know complete idiots work <laughs> like like ten, make tens of millions of dollars per year. So it's just it's so funny how that that's the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with your ability to risk mitigate quickly. Hmm. Be able to make asymmetrical bets um consistently, right? And so what does that mean? Uh so I think a lot of people get into this like overanalyzation. So if if you've done a lot of real estate, they would say like analysis by paralysis is the right is the most common term. And I think that like a lot of people do that, you know, and, and I, I think people look at what I do a lot of times and they're like oh, I don't know how you made that decision. I mean, that was so risky. And it's like, well, it wasn't not risky, but it was an asymmetrical bet. Like, I could afford to lose, and if it worked out, it was you know significantly more on the plus side than it would be on the negative side. And so then when you start to do that, you know, you can start making five to 10 bets, and it's like, yeah, even if two of these pay off, it will pay for the eight mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of, at least us like entrepreneurship is just throwing stuff against the wall, moving quickly and kind of figuring out, all right, this is working, let's let's keep doing that. That's not working. Let's not keep putting costs into this because we liked
0: the idea. I mean, it's just yeah. a lot of trial and error. You know, I think, Cole, you probably figured it out sooner than many people would in terms of like that risk mitigation, because I think, Human psychology has a tendency towards loss aversion more than winning, right? Like if if you went to me and said, hey, if you don't go to the gym, you have to pay me 20 bucks. Or if you go to the gym, I'll pay you 20 bucks. Like one of those is a bigger factor for me. Like I don't want to lose 20 bucks. I will probably go to the gym as opposed to winning 20 bucks. It's the same thing. But I think that's just human psychology just focused on that. So what you're saying is you kind of understood the real angle of that sooner. And I think that allowed you to make this big bet in what you're doing here.
1: Yeah, you know, I I mean, I think there's a lot of factors. Um, You know, I think... um, I I think that good decisions are made because of experience. Mm -hmm. And experience is gained by making decisions. And if you make decisions without experience, you are going to make bad decisions. And so it's like, there's just some level of, like, well, how do we get there? And it's like, we just got to start doing stuff and some of them are going to be bad. And it's hard. Like, you know, we, we've done really well, um, over the past few years, but simultaneously, like, and I I tried to talk about this stuff on Twitter because I want to be honest. It's like, uh, I lost a hundred thousand dollars on a flip last year. It sucked. There wasn't any Hmm. like, there wasn't any like, oh no, I mean, it was bad and it's asymmetrical and (laughs) <laughs> Look at all the yeah. It worked out, and so it's actually okay. It's like, yeah, that's all true. We were fine. We could lose the money; other things yep. pay more,
0: and I lost hundred thousand dollars. That really sucks. Like, it still sucks. Like, <laughs> like you're still emotionally invested. Like as much yeah. as you don't want to be, like it's you still are. Yeah, no, it's
1: not a nothing. So, um you know, it's a lot easier to be calculated, and even right now, like we're. We're trying to bring on between thirty dollars to $40,000 in overhead a month. Uh, a lot of that's going to be marketing. Hmm. That stresses me out. you know. So yep. I'm meeting with my GM after this, and we're going to really get into the numbers and just make sure, hey, if, if for 90 days this pays no money, if we're just wrong, are we going to be okay? Because if we're not, hmm. I, don't, I don't know that we should make – let's make a smaller bet. But if we can, yep. if we can be wrong – no one's gonna be happy in ninety days if we spent ninety thousand dollars and we made no money on it. But if yeah. it's just that we're unhappy, but the business is fine, I can stomach that, right? And so again, it's just we only try to take these bets that we can afford to lose.
0: Cole, is your focus right now profit uh like focus on revenue versus profit in these early stages? So you just focus on growth.
1: Yeah, to some extent. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do like with we, we have really high ambitions. Mm-hmm. I a maybe unique scenario where I, I don't really need to make money from it. You know, like money would be great, but for me, if I don't make money on this the next three years, it, it doesn't actually matter.
0: Is that because you have real estate or what do you mean?
1: Yeah. Real estate. My my wife has a great job. I mean, it's a mixture, <laughs> you know, um, and even like, uh, I do some flipping and I get paid on that, right? So like I have some other avenues of income, but it's just like I can afford to say, hey, I'm gonna delay gratification here
0: and I'm gonna choose
1: to continue to compound because I know if we can get to this eight figure revenue point and then we go, cool, now this year we're gonna focus on profitability instead of revenue generation, we will have gotten a lot farther by getting up to that high revenue point, building mm-hmm. up those systems, and then, great, let's start, let's start really zoning in on profitability. Um, and we're profitable still. I'm just saying, like, that. that's kind of how it's been, at least for us.
0: Gotcha. Um, huh. Cole, You're doing this full-time, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would you ever have been able to start a business like this part-time? Sure, yeah. It's just, what do you want? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean? Um, I couldn't
1: be doing what I'm doing right now. I couldn't be having the growth that I'm having if I was being part time. You know, so like, I, I, uh, in franchising, at least, there's this term called absentee ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that I don't think that works or or anything like that. Like, some people have really strong opinions. I don't know that I have a strong opinion. Here's what I will say: It doesn't work for me. Like it doesn't work for what I want to accomplish. So we took the exact opposite approach, right? Like day one, I hired an office manager, a general manager, a sales manager, our overhead 180 to 200,000 a year, obviously 18 to 20,000 a month uh, without any revenue. And the reason why I did that is because I made the bet. Like I think most guys that are doing this right now have 50 hours a week of their time, where they care about. I, from day one, I'm working 60 to 70 hours. My sales manager's working the same. My GM's working the same. My office manager's working 40 to 50. So it's like, I, from day one, conservatively have 230 hours a week, all trying to drive this business. And so it's like, you know, people talk about experience and they say like, experience is important. And it is important, but people underestimate. They think experience can only happen in time. Right. So it's like, oh, I've been doing this for two years. And it's like, yeah, that's fair. But I've been doing this for 70 hours a week for five months. And you've been doing this for 40 hours a week for two years. So we're not at the same experience level, but we're close already. I'm starting to catch you. And so I kind of try and set up these systems or what are these unsustainable systems that we can set up that get us places significantly faster? Because then once we're there, we've already done the hard thing. So now we can do a sustainable system, right? And so, like, what I mean, like, by that is, in 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 business, people talk about like this five million dollars. Once you pass the five million dollar in revenue, you kind of get out of what people like to call the death zone, right? Like, okay, now things are a little bit less dangerous. Now you can afford. And so, it's like for me, we have one goal this year, and it's to hit. We're trying to hit ten, but ten million in revenue. But even if we fall at seven million, it's like. Cool. Well, yeah. Now, now we, we took most companies two to three years to do in a year. And maybe yep. we did that because we worked way more, right? And we burned money way faster. Yep. But now we're here. And so now it's a lot easier for us to reach sustainability because our business has the ability to sustain.
0: And so that's kind of how we think about it. Yeah. dude, I love that. And can you tell me why you decided to go with franchising? Versus do it yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it was a few things. Um, You know, like I said, was looking for a business to buy, Mm -hmm. and so I, you know, I liked that existing model. Instead of trying to figure everything out on my own, a franchise to me is kind of the middle ground between a startup and existing business, and so that was one reason I did it. Uh, Another reason was speed to scale. So I, I that really matters to me. That's a pattern if we talk like I like to go fast, and so if you're like, Cole, do you think you could figure out roofing? Sure. I think it would take me two to three years to figure it out. Yeah I'm unwilling to pay <clears throat> price. like that from a numbers perspective is you know, conservatively, if we do seven million this year, even if we have a bad net profit. Number, it's about 700 grand. So it's like, oh, yeah, maybe in three years I could have gotten to more than that, but I'm already two and a half million dollars in by that point. So that was one reason. The other reason was I saw it as a way for me to become a strategic. So that's just fancy business language to mean like, oh, if I own a business in home services, now going and acquiring other home services businesses is significantly easier mm-hmm. because I'm already being as part of the club, right? Like, i already proven that I have the metal to do this. And so, no, I've never run a painting company. But I run a roofing company. It's seven figures. It's There's a right. level of trust. And so I thought, oh, maybe... And I don't even know that I agree with this, but maybe I'll take a lower upside on the franchise. But I'll be mm-hmm. able to get significantly faster. And then... I'll be able to acquire these other businesses that I otherwise wouldn't be able to acquire. Also, I don't actually know that it's a lower upside because I bet on an emerging franchisor. And so part of the reason I did that was because the downside was, I know I can get this business to a few million in revenue a year. It'll make me a few hundred thousand. Worst case scenario, I'm better at what I do. I go acquire something else. Best case scenario, this is an incredible system. And I can become a large player in that system. And I yeah. think that's really valuable.
0: So that was my, my thought process. So, Colt, when you talked about these numbers, like even if you're like, hey, I have a bad EBIT a year. We make 10%. I make 700 grand. These are big numbers. Like these are yeah. still big numbers for the common people. What is the goal? Like why? Like why are you betting big on this? Why are you going big on this? You don't need to. I'm sure like you and your wife don't need to have all this money. What is the goal of what you're trying to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I think it's probably a few things. Like one level is like, I just enjoy the game of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And so like that is part of it. And and money is just the chips to winning the game. So it's Mm -hmm. like some of it is just like, and not even an ego thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some level of ego, you know, like I've got an ego like everybody else. But I don't even mean it in that way. I just mean like, oh, how do you know you're doing well? Well, it's making a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's just how the game is measured. And so I enjoy the game. That's definitely part of it. I think part of it, you know, my, my dad passed away when I was really young. Um we my mom was an ER doctor, emergency room doctor, so it's like we were fine. But I think there is this like in the back of my head, I feel like I have less time than other people. And mm. so it's like, okay, I wanna make sure no matter what happens, my family would be okay. From a monetary yeah. perspective. Um, I think that's probably a component. Um, I think a component is like, I feel like, and this getting into a little bit of like uh, belief systems, but it's like, mm-hmm. um, so I'm a Christian and there's a parable and it talks about the parable of the talents. And it's this idea of like, he, he gives people one shekel, five shekel, 10 shekels. He leaves for a year. He comes back. And, like, how did they do with it? Right. And basically, the point of the parable is like, what have you been given? And are you being a good steward of what you've been given? Mm-hmm. And so, there is like some level of like, okay, well, if I can go build this company and make a few million dollars a year, and we're in a society where everybody needs money all the time, and I can make it, I just have to choose to make it. And if I choose to make it, now I have the ability to give money away, to be able to support change, like all these things. It, it's kind of this question of like, well, was that just being a good steward with what you've been given? You know, so there, there's some of, of like, we live in America, it is one of the easiest places in the world to create wealth. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying like, in a lot of areas, it's not even a option. And here right. it is, my, mind and my proclivities lean towards my ability to do this stuff. And so there's just a question of like, well, if you can do it and you enjoy doing it and it's not like destroying your life, right? Because there is yeah. a there is a point where it's like, well you don't want to you don't want to give up your life, your family on the altar of purpose or or mission or whatever word right. you want to But it's like but that's not what's really happening. That is, oh well, then it, it's kind of silly to not do it. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I love that. Um, I feel like it's a very different mindset for a lot of people who go into entrepreneurship. Many people are doing it to move away from pain. They like they have a job they don't like. They just want to get some money to support their family, but it's not a crazy amount of money. I think the way you're approaching it, it almost reminds me of some of my friends who play poker. Right? They're like they're almost like not emotionally invested but in the best way possible it's like it's just math they're just doing math they're going to make bets they're going to make they like the game they just want to play and it's fine how things go and those are the guys who i feel like no matter what they do they always kind of win right because they can look at things and not be so tied up with the outcome which is very difficult like for me i want to be more like you Cole. like i'm for sure invested in the outcome of certain things and i know that they probably add some sort of like tainted sunglasses on and i'm actually trying to analyze stuff but uh, I, I like the way you're approaching business. Honestly, man, uh, I think yeah. I think it's really cool. I think a lot of people can learn from it.
1: Well, and I mean, like, I I want to be clear. It's like I had a call with a friend this week because we did a little over two hundred thousand in revenue last week, and our goal is to get to seven figures a month by March. Um, and I was like, yeah, it just doesn't really feel real. Like, there's just still a level of like yeah, I don't know, I'm I'm expecting the other shoe to drop, like, I just, like, this is a lot of money, you know, and, mm-hmm. yeah, we have some money, but we don't have, I don't make a million dollars a year, I've never made a million dollars a year, you know, and so it's like, oh, like, that's a lot of money, so, you know, like, there is some level of, like, that, but simultaneously, and, and I, I'm still trying to get better at this, like, some level of, like, yeah, and this is le- more true than it's ever been, and I think it will still continue to be true, of like, oh, we're not we're not talking about sustainability anymore. Like, we've reached a point where, where you're going to be fine. If you don't grow anymore, you and your family and your wife are going to be fine, which is great. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But yeah. let's call a spade a spade. You're stressed out about a game. That's okay. I like yep. to win. Yes. Right, like games matter to me, but let's not act like it's. Oh my gosh, we're stressed out about paying the bills or making sure everybody's okay. It's like, nah, we we've kind of hit that. That that's gonna be okay. It's just a game now, and that's yep. okay. There, there's nothing wrong with caring about a game.
0: It's just let's not act like it's more than a game. Yep, yep. I feel like it lets you play the game better if you realize yeah. it's a game. I hope so. so. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Dude, cool. Thanks so much for having on, man. If people want to follow you, follow along the journey, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so Twitter is where I really am at. That's where I spend. I don't really do any other social media. I'm sure I will eventually, but right now that's my, my one platform. Um, so I'm J. Cole Simpson on Twitter, um, and I just kind of talk about my life. I try to be pretty transparent about the good and the bad. So, yeah.
0: I love it, man. I'll drop uh, Cole's handle in the show notes as well. And thanks so much for hopping on. Yeah, man. Absolutely, See you later, man.